Welcome to the Inspired Action Podcast. This is where we have motivational, inspiring conversations and interviews that we hope you'll enjoy listening to. If you're interested in creating more balance in your life, understanding your five-element energetic nature, finding the path of greatest ease, or releasing the baggage of this lifetime and discovering ancient alchemy that can help you fly in your life, join us and other inspired actioneers on this alchemical transformational journey. Welcome back to the Inspired Action Podcast. This is Jay and this is Pod 75. I'm here as always with my wonderful co-host, Lita Herman. Pod 75, whoop, Jay. Whoop, pod 75. Another milestone, another podcast. Yeah, right here, right now. We're just whipping them out. So it's been about a month for us here in Massachusetts since we stopped working face-to-face with our clients at the Alchemy Healing Center due to this coronavirus crisis. (laughs) Coronavirus, it's very serious and very crazy. We're getting a bit stir-crazy here. Um, But we just learned we may be in this for a while more. You know, well for me personally, I'm kind of enjoying the slowing down of life a little bit. I often feel distressed about the state of things in the world. And, you know, I'm always trying to figure out how I can best help in the time of crisis. It's just a crazy, crazy, cray cray time to be in the world today. It's really been a soul searching time for people as well. A time that people are asking that big alchemical question we talked about early on in this podcast. Oh, you mean that? What do I really want? What does my heart really want? Yes. Yes. You know, you kind of help it if you're kind of, if you're, if you're anyone out there and you're listening to this podcast is a good chance that you're working on yourself, self-cultivation, self-awareness, self-enlightenment, Those are the questions. What do I really want? We've talked about it all the time. Yeah, I was marveling at the amazing, deep, introspective work everyone I'm working with over FaceTime and Zoom is doing, how they're having these deep realizations and how FaceTime facilitates those aha moments. And it's really cool. Yeah, it is amazing how FaceTime conversations can feel very deep, even though they're virtual. I think it's really about being in that present moment, that presence that just completely focused on someone else it works it's like tunnel vision the funny thing was i'm thinking that my sessions are so profound because everyone's having you know these amazing realizations and maybe that facetime was bringing that about and then one of my 25 year old clients just said very matter of factly to me you know it's not facetime it's being stuck inside for so long (laughs) so the intensity (laughs) is because of their like what captive audience yes and (laughs) and uh they're navel gazing yeah basically that's a Taoist thing sometimes right right and I always advocate a little navel gazing every now and then you know because it is very Taoist it's time to have a deep conversation with yourself like Jay said which is really at the heart of the season of this podcast which is all about self-cultivation yeah, I think so many people think self-cultivation is just basically meditating. Usually when I start to talk to someone about that, that's the first thing I say, oh, meditating, I've tried that, I can't do it, or I meditate every day, or I, it always starts seem to start with meditation. But actually, it's about learning, growing, evolving. It's so much more. Meditation can be one of those components for you, but it's definitely not 
like the end all be all requirement. I mean, it's definitely important, but what is a requirement is that you're doing things for yourself, for your own evolution, for your own enlightenment, things that work for you. No one does the same thing. It's everyone's a little bit different. Yeah. It's definitely not a one size fits all thing. And that's why self-cultivation is such an ambiguous concept. You know, let's talk about uh, continuing to explore that ambiguous concept of self-cultivation and how to find inner peace. That's really what I want to talk about today, Lita. Inner peace. Doesn't that sound easy? How do you find your inner peace? <laughs> yeah, that sounds really easy. <laughs> let's talk about some pieces of that inner peace. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's a perfect day to do it here in the northern hemisphere of the world. It's beautiful April, spring. It's the wood energy right now. It's just yes. bursting out. I'm going to start planting my garden. I've already actually started because having a lot of extra time on my hands, I'm doing seedlings and extra space. And wait, all these wait, wait. Things. Are you planting your outside garden or your inner ah, garden? See, it's good that you caught up on that because I am planting <laughs> other seeds as well. So we have the external garden and the internal garden. You know, I was talking about my outdoor gardens, but let's flip that and talk about our internal gardens. You know, like the Taoists like to say, we all have this inner landscape. It's the perfect time of the year. It is wood time. All the wood people in the house. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> you know, it is time to plant that inner garden and maybe clear out some of those old weeds yes. that have been accumulating. Totally. And spring in Chinese medicine, you know, as Jay said, it's wood time. And, you know, we've actually passed the height of it, which is the um, equinox. And so we're actually having to hurry to ride that wave of wood spring before the transition to summer comes which upon comes us. comes fast because we think it's like right here, yeah. but it's almost past. You're well, right. the seasons are different in Chinese um, theory, you know, because we say the start of spring is March 20th or 21st, but that's the middle of spring in Chinese theory. And since we're all constantly cultivating our inner gardens, even when we're not aware of it, the springtime, the actual wood time is a great time to ask ourselves, who do we want to evolve into? Who do we believe we want to be? Or do we believe we're being forced to be something we don't want to be? This is the time of year to ask these questions to ensure that we're setting the course we want to follow. What is your destination? Where are you setting sail to? These are the wood questions. Well, yeah, those are all really big questions. You just blew those off. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Okay, that's great. You know, for the inspired action alchemists out there, one of the things we need to embrace is the simple but seemingly crazy idea that you ready, Lita? Yes. Well, already enlightened beings. You're Whoa. already there. You're already enlightened. I think you need to say that again. I just said it twice. I'll say it one more time. You are already enlightened beings. We just need to unlock it. And what I mean by that, there's no need to be judgmental about your own cultivation and what you think you should be doing. Lita just rattled off all those big questions you need to be asking yourself. Don't be judgmental on your answers. It's just that your mind has created this gap between what you think you are now and what is the identity that you created for yourself. It's that gap between the identity and your state of enlightenment. That is just in your own mind. It's the story you're telling yourself. You created the gap. And today, Lita, let's talk about bridging the gap. 
Let's yeah, find bridging a way that to gap. Bridge the, connecting everything together so you can embrace your own enlightenment. And no judgment here. We are all on our own timelines. We've been taught to think enlightenment is only for the people we call Buddhas. And I never thought we could meet a Buddha. Like maybe it was like a mythical person like Jesus or, you know, some... A unicorn. Yeah, a unicorn. <laughs> and then Jay and I were traveling in southern Tibet in late 2018 and we met someone who invited us to meet who someone that he called the living buddha actually they all called him the living yeah. buddha and i cannot pronounce his name in tibetan but we just always refer to him as the living buddha and that really was a truly once in a lifetime experience for me you know this person was truly amazing he invited us into his home we met all the people that surrounded him you know it was a crazy story that just happened this crazy way we were whisked away by these tibetan strangers in this crazy wild out of a movie car ride through crazy roads and out in the middle of nowhere and we were just leap of faith literally <laughs> that these people were nice and kind and beautiful and loving and they were and we just arrived and there was just a, he had this small group of people that surrounded him and he was just light and love and you know he shared like over an hour with us and we sat there at his feet and we just listened to him talk and he was just so enlightened and engaging and just a wonderful person to spend time with and we had a translator so we were just kind of soaking up his light and love and inherent joy but you know we said last time even spiritual gurus have good days and bad days and he was incredibly humble and he told us that he'd gotten exhausted from working too hard and was taking a year-long rest was at his home secret exile yeah his secret exile so even the living buddha had the humility to have a bad day and he told us to take what we learned and bring it back to our families yeah, and friends and was, you know we, when we got to see this living buddha in tibet it really didn't matter if he was tired or hungry or he was just exhausted he was full of light and love he took this time to to meet with us and we were complete strangers like all of us uh there was like six of us out of this large group that we were traveling with and you know maybe that's what enlightened really means later it's the illumination we have on the inside and we find a way to let it shine outwards and maybe that's what people call enlightened it could be any of us could be self. How about self-illuminated? Let's add self-illuminated to the list. Yes, it's all about what we're doing with our inner garden, right? Back to the garden. Because <laughs> the light, you know, helps the garden grow. That yes, self-illumination. Inside grow lights. Yeah, it's like... Set them on a timer. Yes. All the time. Um, so that's, again, that's what today's podcast is about. You know, we got such great feedback on our, the last podcast about presence. I think we wanted to just move this forward a little bit. And we just need to keep putting out positive podcasts. That's what a lot of people told us. They were just so happy to hear a positive podcast out there. There's so many news uh, podcasts and stories and shows of the grim and anxiety provoking. And we don't want to downplay that. But we just want to spread a little more love in the world and a little less fear. We want to have that feeling that we got that day when we were with the living Buddha for that short hour and a half in Tibet and on that crazy day, which just completely unfolded. It was a total Wu Wei moment. Yeah, it was, just awesome. it was completely spontaneous. And I often think, you know, is it a feeling or a way of being? The reason we aren't enlightened, even though we can be, is our minds create resistance. And then we project that resistance into our lives. Maybe the resistance stops our little light from shining. This little light of mine, <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let you sing that. I'm going to let it shine. Hey, we haven't sung in the podcast in a while, so I'm glad oh my that God. we're 
getting I don't really singing sure that again. Was considered singing. Is that singing? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I try to sing every podcast. I don't really plan it. It just kind of spontaneously combusts out of me. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, let's move and on. Didn't we promise I was going to get singing lessons? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was in the very beginning. All I don't right. Think, let's, let's just move away from that one. So if you decide to begin to cultivate your own inner garden this spring, which is really cultivating your own inner guidance. No matter where you live. You are, in a way, giving yourself your own inner light that you will grow from. You know, actually, you're giving yourself your inner lights permission to turn on the shine and turn on the illumination. They need to be on all the time. Just like my little starter plant need to be on all the time. So it may seem like your inner world is dark and dreary. And if so, no judgment. But you can turn on your own lights. Yeah, I think we do have that power, that self-power, that inner oomph that we need to look at. You know, a lot of people think that they can get it from a spiritual retreat with a special teacher, you know, even like we talked about the living Buddha and, you know, somehow gurus, you know, they can give us the meditations and the visualization techniques, but we need to become enlightened or at least involved on our own from the inside. Yeah, it's true. And some people are constantly seeking that, you know, dang, I've done it from a lot of my life and, you know, that's okay. But I have learned the realizations and evolution really can only come from inside myself. There's never going to be a teacher who can transfer their cultivation to me or to anyone else. Yeah, even though they might have that appearance, cultivation cannot be transmitted, cannot, can only be like taught i guess or just like shared Shared. yeah that's a good word you can go to spiritual classes self-help classes workshops live streams whatever that inspires and motivates you and that's all fantastic and you may even have some big realizations during these events but those revelations came from inside of you you know they you think it was maybe the guru or the self-help book or the webinar or all those things we mentioned and just you might tell everyone else they yeah, should do the, the same. same thing, but they're not going to have the same thing that you had, that same realization. Just means the timing was right for you. That teacher or that book or that workshop, they just opened up, inspired, unlocked, I guess is what I'm looking for, something inside of you that was ready to just pop out. It's your being. It's your light. It's the key to your little door of your secret garden. Yeah. Put on <laughs> those grow like So Jay, yeah. we're talking about inspiration is the key to this whole podcast. You know, what inspires us? What inspires you? When you're inspired, that's the universe, or we could call it the divine, or we could call it your higher self saying, more of that, please. More of that, please. (laughs) Inspiration is kind of like a giant neon sign, you know, attracting your attention with that arrow pointing this way, this way. Yeah, (laughs) I like that. That inspiration pointing you in a new direction, maybe away from the habits of life that you think are holding you back or bringing you down, then you repeatedly think over and over and over, this isn't working, my life isn't working, I'm not happy. Whatever the story is you're telling yourself, you can use that neon arrow to point you in a different direction, point you into a new way. Inspiration is what helps you break away from those habits in everyday life that we've talked about so much. Again, we talk about this all the time on the podcast. The habits of the mind, the habits of the body, the habits of your self-cultivation, Pick the ones that you like. Pick yeah. the ones that serve you. You know, and there, then there are those thoughts, you know, that creep up on us every day, day after day. Compulsive thinking, it stagnates our lives. And if we think the same thoughts constantly and they keep returning back to our consciousness, it means we aren't transcending. And that becomes what we call in Chinese medicine, 
chi stagnation, air quotes, chi stagnation. And in Chinese medicine... I see them, she's actually doing that. Yeah, in Chinese medicine, chi stagnation isn't isn't like so bad, but if it lingers for a long time, it will begin to impact your health more seriously. And eventually it'll cause what we call blood stasis. And that's when you have really big obstacles in your life. You know, Lita, these are the really big things you need to let go of in your life. They have the obstacles to your peace. Yeah, there's a nod out to Marianne Williamson, A Course in Miracles listeners, the obstacles to peace. You know, today's podcast is about eliminating those pests obstacles to peace. Maybe we can have like a obstacle to peace course. <laughs> like you live that life. Climb the barbed wire. Bad habits. Go underneath the mud pit of laziness. <laughs> That's awesome. Tough mutter. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Tough mutter of the obstacle of peace course. The obstacle of peace course. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So I do think that the goal of self-cultivation is to release your stagnation and all those negative thinking patterns. You know the ones that day after day, when you look in the mirror, you say, oh, even though the scale is down, you say, oh, I could lose a little bit more or oh that's a little chunky or I'm just not going to get that promotion at work no matter what I do or you can go on and on and on whatever that negative stories you tell yourself every day those are negative thinking patterns we need to change those yes so if you really want to measure your self-cultivation process all you need to ask is how much of a sense of peace do you have today what piece of peace yeah what piece of peace do you have are you feeling peaceful in your life and if so then that means your cultivation is working if you feel that life is less peaceful or more troublesome than ever then something isn't working with your cultivation and it's time to make a change you know i would imagine lita since we've had so much radical change in all of our lives in the past month and i'm talking worldwide I think it's pretty much everyone Everywhere. on the planet. Yeah. You know, people are feeling less peaceful, more anxiety in general. So how do we change that? How do we flip that? How do we see the good in this right now? Well, the good news is that if your life has been turned upside down by this health and financial crisis of our time, well, guess what? Well, that didn't sound like, okay, what is the good news of all the bad news? Change is a foot. Whose foot? Like a <laughs> hobbit foot? A big giant foot? Big giant hobbit hairy foot? <laughs> Okay, change, change is a foot. How about two feet? A, a, what? Change is about two feet. <laughs> two foot. <laughs> not, not a single foot? No, a big foot. How about a, a big, big foot? foot? Okay. Change, a yeti. Change is a yeti foot. And that means you can also create change more easily within your life than in your typical life where everything is so habitual. It's a great time to think about what you can change in your life. Yeah, change is good. It's such a good time to maybe look at this. It might not appear to be a good time, but I really think that right now could be one of the easiest times you're ever going to find to make these big changes. It's so much easier to change your diet when, guess what, you're suddenly not eating out all the time. There you go. One story changed. I eat out too much. How can I eat out? Now you have to eat at home so you could work on your diet. It's going to be easy to work on your exercise. Commit to your exercise routine when you're suddenly not commuting an hour each way every day. Boom. Now you have more time. If there's one thing that is almost worldwide with this lockdown is creating more time for self-cultivation. So you're right, Lita. It is a good time. Yeah. It is a very good time, even though it's a very bad time. <laughs> yes. And that's with no good or bad in the world. I agree. And it's so much easier to break old habits that aren't working when your whole life is in a flux and you can't even plan what you're going to be doing tomorrow, let alone in a month. Yeah. So you have to really slow down. 
Yeah, slow down. And it's a rare event. My friend was talking to someone in China the other day, and he told her, now get this, to cherish this quarantine time because they lifted it in China and everyone is back to work being busy, busy, busy. And now they all miss the quarantine time. Can you imagine that now? That's a different take on all of it. Well, yes, minus all the death and despair and financial ruin. Yes. But now it's quarantine time, but now it's, no, I, I'm only teasing. It's all this anxiety from the news. It's almost, I dare I say, robbing us from all the joy mm-hmm. and peaceful moments we could be having. Dare I even say the word fun? Yes. I mean, it's not right. a word that's being thrown around too much lately. But everyone is home and we have this time to make these changes. I think a lot of people might be feeling guilty for having any kind of fun, even though, you know, we have to watch on the news and the shows all the people who are really sick and dying and not to even you know and uh, then what about all the people working night yeah, and the day healthcare workers and the hospital doctors and the emts the fire the police everybody you know everyone keeps talking about the food service people and the restaurant people doing takeout and all the people that are keeping the engine moving you know it somehow feels wrong to be too happy in a pandemic. Is that even possible? I agree. And, you know, we don't want to be insensitive to the world and finding ways to help in any way possible, especially if your area has been hit hard. You know, we need to consider that. But at the same time, being nervous and anxious is not a requirement in this pandemic. And we're not saying go out and start a comedy act. We're <laughs> just saying take time to change the Although, habits. Although, you know, comedy... That would be an amazing service for the world right now because yes. we all need to Laughter laugh more. Laughter is the best medicine. Yeah, right? it's the best medicine. You know, it's certainly better than that chloroquine. Maybe <laughs> chloroquine. I don't know. Who knows? Yes. I could be wrong. You can find peace inside yourself, even in a war zone, and that's a choice we have as human beings. So our inner garden can still grow, even when the outside world isn't peaceful. Yeah, you know, the best of times and the worst of times. Yeah. you see the the good comes out of the bad, the peace comes out of the chaos. You know, the calm comes out of the storm. We're all in that. You know, that's a good point. Let's say you want to be a teacher. I mean, you know, change your profession and be a teacher. So the first question is, are you actually willing to learn from yourself? Your mind might be creating a false separation between the you that you think you are right now, who is not a teacher, and the you down the road that you think is going to become a teacher. Why aren't you just a teacher right now? If you're not willing to learn from yourself, then that's the gap we're talking about. There's no distance except the one in your own mind that you've created. Yeah, they're both in that moment right now. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Jay, when you're coaching people and they come up with all these reasons why they aren't doing the thing they want to be doing. And then you just put a pen down across from them on the desk and you say, this pen represents the thing you want to be doing. What do you have to do to pick up that pen? So then they go on and on and on about all the reasons why they can't pick up the pen. And you just look at them and you say... Pick just, up the pen. Just yeah. pick it up. Nothing, you're, the only, you're the only thing stopping it. <laughs> and then they reach across the desk and they pick it up and it blows their minds. They feel how easy it could have been and that they were putting all those obstacles in their own it's way. It's just the stories that they're telling themselves to stop them moving forward in their lives. So mm-hmm. there's really no time or distance between the state you want to be in and the state you're in right now. That's what we're talking about, the enlightenment. You're already enlightened it's just reaching inside of you putting on the little girl like blink we should call it the inner zen the inner buddha remember that yeah put that little back on light back on and finding the path it's already right there just 
it's lit up now. Look at it. Follow it. Don't be afraid. <laughs> it's the light you always had. You just forgot to turn it on. You just think one day you'll be happy or one day you'll be successful. If that phrase one day is coming up in your dialogue, then that's you not picking up the pen. Yeah, it's not. It's the now moment that's the most important thing. If you say, I'm going to put that off till I'm retired, that's a goal in the future. You have to be in the present moment. You know, we're so cluttered by too many distractions of our thoughts about the future or even the past. We've talked about this over and over and over. It's like you can't even sit down and just eat your food. You're thinking about all these other things and you're like, what about the food right in front of you? If you're hungry, eat. That's one of my big issues. I eat very fast because I'm always rushing off to the next thing to do. It's a common thing for my type of fire person. We're just rushing, rushing, rushing to the next thing. maybe you don't actually enjoy that present moment as much as you possibly could. So if we take the time to feel the texture of the food in your mouth, let your taste buds, you know, you have taste buds in there, right? I can send messages to your brain about the enjoyment and the sensuality of the food. You can, I know it's very medley, you know, you can be sensitized or desensitized to the now moment. And, you know, I think a lot of people are just desensitized. They're just hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. So I want you to have the experience of eating if you're hungry, not just like thinking about what you're going to eat after dinner or the next morning or the next day. Everything keeps coming back to presence. What we talked about in our last podcast, Pod 74, how do we have presence in our lives? So I think we might have got a little off track there. So let's take it to the next step and let's move this forward. How about the union of your mind and your spirit? Do you feel at home with yourself? That's a big question, Lita. Do you feel a sense of inner peace within? You can tell if you're doing well if the other people around you are positively affected by your presence. It's That's like, a big thing. Yeah. yeah, I love that. It's like you're a burning log. And when you're placed next to another log that's not burning yet, it will eventually start burning burning just because it's in your presence. Be careful, you're talking to a wood person here. (laughs) I'm not sure I like the analogy of burning all wood together there. (laughs) Well, the cool thing about woods is that they find their passion so easily and really can be in a state of presence when they're out doing their woo-way inspired action. Oh, I think that is so true. So true. Because the reason you don't have to worry about your wood catching on fire is that it's all the same fire. You're the fire. The other person's the fire. It's all the same light. Light doesn't belong to anyone. It's everywhere simultaneously. Wow, I love the way you said that. It's yeah. fantastic. It's just that sometimes people turn their lights off and then they stand next to someone who makes them want to come back into a state of illumination. And ultimately, that's what healing is. That's what we're talking about. What about when people are feeling resist, like they're not willing to be in the other person's presence, no matter how illuminated that other person is? It sounds like petrified wood to me. It just uh-huh. won't light. Exactly. <laughs> it's actually too hard to burn. It's like a rock. Well, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't set it all on right, fire. All right, all right. Let's, let's, not, let's not go in that direction. No actual horses were hurt during the taping of this podcast. How yes. about another example? Something burning. Uh, well, I thought of Smog the dragon Smog. from The Hobbit. You know, because he had the inner light inside, you know, because he could breathe fire. He was also a greedy little bleep. <laughs> yes. And he hoarded was a- piles of gold and murdered everyone in his path. Yes. Not yes. something you really want to emulate. Yeah, I think he was, wasn't that enlightened. He was kind of just distracted by the gold. <laughs> yeah, he was. So that gets me thinking but about... But he was a very cool dragon. Yes. 
And that gets me thinking. He did. He definitely had fire. Yeah. So that gets me thinking about, you know, let's talk well, some he more. He was fire, too, because he was <laughs> infatuated with shiny objects. He was shiny objects. Shiny. Just like fires. <laughs> well, anyway, let's talk about more about compulsive thinking, which Smog definitely did. Which I is, can't believe you're the one quoting the sci-fi reference here. <laughs> I know, really. <laughs> we are in crazy times right now. It's pandemonium. <laughs> In the pandemic. <laughs> okay. So, yes. Um, I did like the movie The Hobbit. I watched sci-fi. Okay. And fantasy. You watched the sci-fi movie? The sci-fi movie. All right. So, getting back to compulsive thinking, which is likely why people can get kind of cantankerous, like the one, the, the situation you described. So, let me use a Chinese medicine example about our bodies. So, we have this lower part of our body, which is related to the kidneys and the water element. And then we have our upper part of the body where the heart lives, and that's related to the fire element. And in between is the stomach, which is the earth element. So when we have an inability to change our thinking, that happens in the earth element. We get hardened, stubborn, packed down earth that won't move. And that is stuck thinking. And the earth element is supposed to be in charge of transformation. So our thoughts are supposed to always be transforming. But when we have compulsive thinking, that's an earth challenge. The earth element is in it is unable to transform those thoughts. And they're certainly not being let go, which is the metal element and the lungs breathing out. So what are those thoughts? Let's maybe throw out a little bit of homework here because people have some time on their hands. It's time to write some things down. Let's go back to that thing we talked about. What are you thinking about over and over and over every day? In regards to what Lita just mentioned about the different elements and the different ways those things can get transformed and stuck. So what are your compulsive thoughts? You know, let's maybe even get out your journal. It's time for some deep honesty, some just simple having a conversation, being the watcher. You know, again, one of the very first podcasts we talked about was becoming the watcher in your own life. Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now book says to be the watcher of our own thoughts. So today, spend the day watching for your compulsive thoughts and write them down. For example, I find that some of my most compulsive thinking happens when I need to make a decision about something, but I don't even have all the information I need to make the decision, or it's simply not the right time to make the decision. But I find myself compulsively thinking about what I'm going to do if, and that's a big if. And you have earth third, right? Yes. Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) If you're thinking about the if and the then scenarios, that's definitely, I think, it's a probably compulsive thinking. Yes, there are too many ifs, so it's pointless to like even... Like, I would go to the gym if I had more time, or if my laundry was clean, or if I had gas in the car. Ah, you know, I'm just going to stay home. Or if it was in the middle of a pandemic, well, yeah, and, just and the gym home. was closed. But you can now <laughs> switch and pivot and go for a run, or go for a hike, or no ifs. Yes, so it's pointless to even think about some of these things if you can't make the decision right now in this very moment. So I decided I'm going to stop thinking about it until I have all the information I need to make the decision or until it's the right time to make the decision. And every time I return back to that compulsive thinking, I think 
you know, I need to run it through my little litmus test, which is asking myself, can I solve this problem right now? Challenge. 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 Problems yes. are only challenges waiting to be met. <laughs> right. Challenge. Can I resolve it now? Are the conditions right at this moment to come to resolution? And if not, then move on. Or maybe you're embarrassed about something you said or did or I don't know. People, you're just obsessing about Yeah, things. that's a doozy for me. I can obsess about that for years. Yeah, I so, too. I think. So if you examine all the things that you feel ashamed or embarrassed of, then you can accept that it's a part of you so that you aren't judging yourself. And basically, we're asking you to stand outside of yourself and be a witness to the process of what's going through your mind, which is actually what the process of meditation is. Meditation is being a witness to who you are and what you're thinking about without judgment. And that's when you need that quiet space. You need to find that time for yourself. Many of us have been compulsively thinking about something for so long that thinking has become part of an addiction almost, part of the fabric of our thought patterns. Our whole lives have been transformed and and I I don't like the word harder, but maybe even made harder because of these compulsive thought patterns. You know, they go over and over every day, every day. The definition of addiction simply means that you have lost the ability to make the choice to stop. So if you can't turn off those thoughts, then you can't accept where you are, that maybe you are addicted. And I'm not saying like, you know, you're drug addicted or whatever, but you're addicted to this thought pattern. You can't decide to make the necessary changes that you need and that you want to make. So let's figure that an easy way out. Let's figure out an easy way, Lita. Let's break it down. Let's take the homework one more step. One step is being the watcher because being separated by the observation of your own mind, you begin to break the power of these compulsive thoughts. In Chinese medicine, we call addictive thinking a specific pattern where the wood element invades the earth element. Because the earth thinking is so stuck, now you're getting really angry at yourself for not making a decision. In health, the wood element is supposed to rescue the earth element and make the decision for you and move on. But in illness, the wood element can't figure it out. And then you get illness in your gut because the wood element is beating up the earth element. It is not pretty. Not pretty. (laughs) You know, we all suffer in one way or another. The goal in life is not to end the suffering in the world. I'm sure we would all like to see an end to the suffering in the world. And there's so much suffering right now in this global pandemic. You know, we're all very aware of the suffering in the world right now. Like I was talking to Lita, and I'm going to talk to you guys now, like who's going to help Ecuador? Um, They don't have PPEs. They don't have masks. They don't have gloves. They don't have ventilators. They don't really have anything. They're literally just putting people in the street who die. You know, on a normal day, the USA would probably come in and help, or another country would probably come in. Yeah, European countries. Yeah, There's lots come of in and help. They don't have help. anything. They have they have nothing. So where are all the heroes of the world? All you woods out there. It's a really tough time. There's too much suffering in the world. I know for me personally, it's very, very debilitating. If I watch too much news, I just can't. I just it's hard for me to even function. Yeah, you want to be out on the front lines I and mean, helping. There's hundreds, if not thousands, of example like Ecuador. That one just caught my eye in the news cycle. You know, we're a global community now. We're all connected. There's no more individual 
countries or cities or towns. We're all connected. What's a hero to do, Jay? Well, uh, I, I want stop to, watching the news, I guess. <laughs> yes. I want to bring in the alchemist perspective. Remember, yes, we please. have the hero, the saint, and the alchemist. So yes. the alchemist perspective. Which I have been working really hard on. Yeah. It's a little bit different than the hero perspective. You know, there's a way we can end suffering, and that's about ending the suffering we're creating inside ourselves, having compassion for ourselves as well as others. And we impose our own suffering onto ourselves. That is so true. Can we be present with suffering without causing our own suffering? I think that is really present right now in the world today. Can we be like a healer in the world, a healing force? The reason you're so good at what you do, Lita, is you're, you're present with people who's suffering and you don't take on their suffering. Yes. You don't have that need to fix it. Mm-hmm. Your very presence in their suffering allows that light you shine right through the whole world, that little light of yours, bing, and then their suffering begins to shift because they see that light. That's a beautiful thought, Jay. You know, I think that's a good place to end today, to think about sending out our little beacon of light through this podcast to you, whoever you are listening right now, and to help you see that all it takes is a flick of a switch and your light can come back on right now in this moment. Flick. And then come back on. Yes. And then your little grow light can shine on to someone else who is suffering right now. And then their light will switch on. And the light is just as contagious as the coronavirus if we consciously allow it to be. And so these lights inside us can keep creating a positive impact on those who are suffering. Even if one of your loved ones is dying right now due to this coronavirus, COVID-19, you know, I've been by many people's sides who are dying and helped them find peace in their last hours. And I can say it's your light, your love that gives them solace and helps them have a peaceful death, a beautiful death. So even in the worst cases of suffering right now, it's your light that's going to be there for them. Even through FaceTime, they can see your light. And they can feel your peace and they can feel your love and they can feel your joy. So let's all reach inside and look for that joy, that quietness, that peacefulness. Turn on our inner lights and let it shine out for our families, our friends, our neighbors, those who are suffering. That's the contagion we all want to spread. Spread love, not fear. Spread love, not fear. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Be healthy, be safe. You've been listening to the Inspired Action Podcast and you've reached the end. Woohoo! Why not celebrate a little bit and click that subscribe button right there. We love having you with us on this journey and we want it to continue. You can also rate and review this podcast. And if you have already, thank you so much. We read all reviews and your reviews help other people find this podcast as well. You can also be a part of this podcast yourself by submitting a voice recording message and emailing it to us at lita at inspiredactionpodcast.com or jay at inspiredactionpodcast.com. And if you want, you can join our Facebook group or follow us on Instagram. Join us next week for another Inspired Action Conversation. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening and remember to hug the dog.